is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. <laughs> it's a fans on the 50 Tuesday as we get to you set here on Talking Cowboys. Goodness, I can't talk today. We've been having some fun prior to the show, but my goodness, uh, we've got a store uh, a show in store for you as I've got an echo in my ear here. There we go. Okay, now I can talk. Talking Cowboys presented by Visit Dallas. Glad you're with us here on DallasCowboys.com. Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, Cameo's favorite former NFL player, Isaiah Stanback. <laughs> And myself, Kyle Yeomans, and and guys, uh, we've got a a full-fledged show for you today because uh, overall, we're still kind of reeling off of this Atlanta win. We're talking about the Cowboys getting that 40-39 victory over the Falcons this past Sunday, but man, we are starting to peek ahead and look forward a little bit. To the Seattle Seahawks, we'll answer your fan questions. Fans on the 50 coming up here in just a little bit, uh, I guess here in 20 minutes or so, or 15 minutes at... 9.50 every Tuesday morning, 9.50. Send us your fan questions, whether it's on the Periscope stream or on Twitter as well, and you can find all of our Twitters throughout. But, boys, it's starting to get to that point where you're reflecting on the win, but, Rob, there's a lot of work to do before you take on the Seattle Seahawks coming up this Sunday. Y'all had a, I had a fan hit while y'all were talking, and I missed everything. Y'all are still laughing. Like, let, let, let the listener in. What, what are we talking so, about here? So we were, we were waiting on you. We had to, uh, of course, every Tuesday, Rob's on the fan. And this is why I was just flustered to start the show, first off. But uh, yeah, I think we need to per- peel the curtain back. Yeah, here. let's peel the curtain back. So we're, we're talking to Isaiah, and we're talking about how <laughs> – He's, he's from Washington, right? Uh, I mean, this is a guy who, who played for the University of Washington, Huskies for life. He wore the, wore the purple and gold with pride. But he also has uh, right. some allegiance to the Seattle Seahawks as well as we're leading into that week. Now, he's a Cowboys fan too. Don't get him wrong, but Seattle's home. And, and that's what he was kind of talking about. And we started giving him a little flack, Heckman and I, talking about how uh, there's <laughs> – a little bit of uh, there's more of the the cheer for the check mentality right now. I mean, look at what we're we're talking Cowboys. We're not talking Seahawks, and so we started giving Isaiah a little flack here, and, and uh, of course heading into the week, and he he wanted to remind us that uh, you can get checks <laughs> other ways too. And one of the ways that he does it is on Cameo, the the app that you have on your phone where you can record special messages via oh, a paycheck. <laughs> For certain people. How much is that there? How much is that 25. Oh, hey, discount double check. <laughs> for, for a whopping $25.99, you can get Isaiah to personalize a message for you or your family member or your friend, and you can basically tell him what to say. And we pulled one up right before Rob date. sat what back can down. I say? What, what was that? I'm a cheap date, you know. <laughs> easy and, access, hey, you know what I'm saying. I'm easy access. You give it to me easy. Twenty five ninety nine. I got you. Hey man, every every little bit helps, right? That's I mean, it, man. Why not? You know what? I've only seen that one time, and I can't remember the name of the celebrity, but it was basically he was taking money 
to to break up with somebody's girlfriend <laughs> on, oh, on, the, on the website. So I don't know. Do you go that far? Or are you? Nah, that's not, not your. <laughs> After today's show, maybe. I'm sure I might get some crazy requests. <laughs> I, I just started on there. So, hey, we're going to find out what happens. Oh, man. But, but yeah, I mean, we I were. We were we were cackling at the fact of, of Isaiah being on cameo, and we, he was talking about cankles uh, on one of his his preview <laughs> videos. You guys got to see it. Uh, oh, it's it's hilarious. It. I, we're not we're not trying to plug it so that Isaiah gets paid. We're just plugging yeah, it because it's no. funny. <laughs> um, and, and, and we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about how Heck gets these other checks. We ain't gonna talk about that. Let's go ahead and go to the next. Segment. Yeah, we can't can't mention that one on air. But uh, glad you are uh, you you guys are all having fun with us here on this Tuesday. But. Uh, but yeah, let, let's get into this this matchup, Rob. Or I guess the the week ahead. I mean, there's a lot of injury issues when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, and it comes to Tyron Smith in the tackle position. Uh, I've I've heard from around the star that they expect him to be ready to go. I, I've heard good news when it comes to Tyron Smith dealing with a couple stingers. Mike McCarthy talked about it uh, a little bit, and then also Jerry Jones today on the fan before Rob got on the fan mentioned uh, about Tyron Smith and dealing with some of those stingers, but. Uh, really, Rob, whenever it comes to injuries right now, the entire NFL is, is dealing with it. We thought the Cowboys had the, the, the wrong end of the ship in the, in the first yeah. week. We do kind of flip that script, but what are you hearing in terms of some of these different nagging things? It's crazy, right? You know, I think um, in 2011, coming off the lockout, injuries went way up across the league. And, and I don't, you know, we'll see. But right now, it seems like, you know, with no offseason, maybe there's a parallel there. And, and across the league, teams are dealing with it. For the Cowboys, you mentioned Tyron Smith. And what Jerry said is what I've heard, too. You know, that they thought maybe he could play in week two. And there was some optimism there. But they ultimately decided, hey, let's give him another week. Because with a, you mentioned the Stingers, man, that, that can be a nagging thing. It can crop mm-hmm. back up. It can bother you all year long. Look, you know, that's what Leighton Van Der Esch was dealing with last year, and ultimately they, they shut him down. Not saying it's the same injury, um, but they want to be real careful there. So I don't think he's guaranteed to play in week three, but I think there's definitely optimism and see how he does throughout the week. And, boy, that would, you know, while, while Brandon Knight, I thought, did a nice job, we mm-hmm. talked about that yesterday, uh, it sure would be nice to get things kind of settled down for you up front and try to get some of your continuity back. So we'll see about there. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence. We mentioned yesterday, I believe, and Mike McCarthy kind of spoke to it, banged up his knee in the game. It doesn't sound like they're too concerned about it. At least Jerry didn't indicate that on the fan just now. Uh, but that's something to watch this week as well. They just, they've got to try to get healthy up front, both sides of the ball. I mean, that, that's where they, you know, they've had some trouble and have tried to kind of do things to, to counteract it. Uh, but they need some continuity there, both sides. Yeah, and, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to double just just to give everybody some a little bit of information, a little insight for those that don't know what a stinger is. Okay, and everybody that might be trying to say, Tyron, oh, you're being soft. You know what I'm saying? Get out there. Listen up. If you guys have never had a stinger before, a stinger is essentially when you're, you have a pinched nerve, right? So your body's trying to communicate to your different body parts, right, via your nervous system. When that nerve gets pinched, you get a shooting pain wherever that's at, right? So, for instance, I've had one in the neck. It shoots down, mm. and it literally shuts off all functionality of that limb, right? You have no function of that limb whatsoever. It is painful uh, initially. It's very painful initially. And then your body, literally, your brain cannot communicate with that side of your body. So, for those of you that say, oh, he can get out there and play, no, he can't. Can't. And that's, that stinger can pop back up at any moment. It just takes the right type of hit. Well, and it's, it's also hard something. To complain about the injury bug. 
it's hard to complain about the injury bug affecting us when you look around the NFL at so yeah, many buddy. people uh, that are those ACLs, man, are not, uh, a dime a dozen right now. It just seems yeah. like everyone is going down to that yeah. injury. But it, with the news about Tyron Smith and, and, and just looking uh, from the past till now, I think that we all have just pretty much come to the fact that we know that Tyron Smith may miss a few games throughout the season, but we need to get him in the rhythm of this offense, having him miss last week, and we pulled out the victory. Thank God uh, for that, but you're right. Brandon Knight did play really well in his absence, but this week is a whole other story, and we absolutely need uh, to have our stud left tackle. Well, and it's also that, that stinger and that neck issue is something, Rob, that I know that Tyron Smith's kind of dealt with for, for quite some time. I mean, this is something that you mentioned it could be lagging from week to week, but the, the fact that it's also kind of hindered him throughout his career, and heck, my great, makes a great point. Uh, this is a Cowboys team that's used to playing without Tyron Smith because over the last four years, he's missed at least three games. He's played in 13 games the last four years, and he's already missed one this year. Hopefully they get him back this week because uh, you definitely need him up against a, a stout Seattle defense. I think the defensive line for Seattle leaves much to be desired, but that secondary uh, is good enough to, to force some uh, issues as well. But whenever you look at uh, the defensive side of the football, Anthony Brown, he's on IR for a little bit due to that rib injury. Uh, cornerback seems a little bit thin here. Jordan Lewis had a, a an okay game. I'm not going to necessarily give him a ton of credit because I thought he was beat on occasion, but whenever you look at this cornerback group in the Cowboys secondary, specifically Isaiah, is there anything that kind of worries you heading into a week like Seattle where there are some pretty stout wide receivers? Isaiah? Gotcha. Yeah. No. So I think we have lost the, the audio from Isaiah. So, Heckman, we'll go to you on that question. Uh -huh. Is there anything secondary-wise uh -oh. that, uh, that you're potentially looking at to move forward? Yeah, it, you know, I, I, I think a lot has been – we've we talked a lot about the, the DBs, the secondary, and just knowing coming into the season that that was going to be a group that we were looking to get better. Mm. Uh, we wanted more out of them. We definitely needed more ball hawks. We wanted turnovers. We got that in the first week from a Wouzier. Second week, man, it just felt like we took a little bit of a step back. But that, I think that's credit to the Atlanta receivers with Jones and Ridley and Gage. Uh, I, just, I just look for Jordan Lewis to take another step. You know, the higher ankle sprain may have been something that was limiting him. He still didn't look like he was full-fledged back to himself. So hopefully another week of, of preparation because of another week of pre preparation will make him better for this week because God knows, man, uh, last week wasn't his best showing at all. Yeah. Rob? I can hear you. We got you. No, we don't. We do not have them. Let's go back to, to Rob here. Oh, well, it, uh, man, I, I want to hear Isaiah. I know. I'm, um, I'm ready for Isaiah we as got, well. <laughs> yeah, we got, you know, you mentioned Anthony Brown. You got Cheeto who got banged up, I think, a hamstring uh, trying to block a punt on Sunday in mm. the fourth quarter. So you'll see, you got to see how he is this week. Um, just every level of their defense has got somebody banged up. And. So, you know, you're hopeful that, like I mentioned, Tank can get, uh, get back and be, and be right. And to me, it starts there. And I, I watched 
because I think that impacts what your secondary is doing. I thought we talked about it yesterday, how Matt Ryan just seemed to have too much time overall in that game, setting his feet and and surveying the field. Mm -hmm. And Mike Nolan spoke to it yesterday. They've got to be better, not just individually rushing, but better collectively. And I I don't know if that's talked about enough uh, with what you have to do up front as a defensive line together. You know, we talk about offensive line continuity, defensive line, running games, stunts, all those things, trying to free other guys up to get home on a rush. That's something they're still trying to work through five weeks after camp started. And I think that's probably normal with the new scheme, but they're just not, they're just not there yet. Um, so, you know, I went back and I watched it, and I thought especially late in the game they did a better job of, of forcing Ryan to throw the ball away and getting out of drives. And, and so there are good things to build on, um, but that's going to help your secondary more than anything, help Trayvon Diggs more than anything as a young cornerback going up against, you know, what is a, another talented Seattle receiving core. They're really good. Yeah, DK Metcalf yeah, might be. We had a few of those covers. We had a few of those cover sacks, uh, and it just seems like we had him. And and Ryan just got out of the pocket yeah. and, and tried to run for a first down. You know that second half. It's a tale of two halves. Obviously, we had the worst first quarter in football. But that second half, I think it said a lot about this defense, and also what Mike Nolan said yesterday in his presser was basically about Trayvon Diggs and him winning those one-on-one matchups. It, Talk about how long he is and how aggressive he is and just saying that he's someone that's always touching the ball and he looks for those opportunities that he's missed in the game because we he's been this close uh, to two uh, I, to, to two interceptions. He's getting close to one this week, man. I just look for that rookie to take that next step and be as dominant as he's been looking in pass coverage. Yeah, and what I saw kind of this week from from Trayvon Diggs was a lot of what I saw on the college tape in Alabama as well as the fact that he's a step behind. And he allows his, his athleticism to make up that gap. And he has that athleticism and that length to be able to make up that gap. I mean, the, the throw that he almost intercepted, Heckman, the one that you're alluding to, that was an awful throw for Matt Ryan. It was underthrown by about five yards. Trayvon Diggs was beat by at least two steps there. And, and the fact that Matt Ryan underthrew that ball helped Trayvon Diggs almost come up with an interception, one that I think was kind of a, oh, looky what I found type of thing where he was a little surprised. And the fact that the ball was hitting him in the, yeah, he the hands. On that. Exactly. But that's the thing with, with Trayvon Diggs that you have to get him up to speed in is being able to have that step initially so that way he doesn't have to make up that ground later on because that's really what he's having to do is play a lot of catch up. And I think overall it's, it's something that uh, he's going to learn and it's something that these receivers are teaching him right now. DK Metcalf, quite possibly one of the best deep threats in all of the NFL right now, coming up here on Sunday with the Seattle Seahawks. Isaiah may or may not be back audio-wise, but we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll make sure he's back audio-wise because he's going to help us answer your questions. Fans on the 50, send us your questions right now, either in the Periscope stream for those of you who are watching live, or you can tweet at us and we'll hit it up later and throughout the show. Hit us up. Fans on the 50, we'll be back with that when we return here on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. To Talking Cowboys. It's the second segment here of Talking Cowboys on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Glad you're with us here on DallasCowboys.com. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, and Rob Phillips. Get your tickets now to see the Cowboys take on the Cleveland Browns when they return to AT&T Stadium for their encore following last Sunday's game. This one will be on Sunday, October 4th. A limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. My parents got to go to their first game this weekend, and they uh, they sent me a text message after after the game and has said, we're hooked. Can we have your tickets for the rest of the year? <laughs> I was like, I don't really have tickets for the rest of the year. So, uh, no, you can't at the moment, but we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. But they had a ton, a ton of fun. Who wouldn't at that game? I mean, really, the, the fact that you had that kind of memor- or memories being made in that game, man, it was a, that was a blast for them. But we're getting into to fans on the 50. It's 9.50 on a Tuesday. That's what that always will mean throughout the rest of the season here on Talking Cowboys. You guys are bringing the fire into some of these questions already, and I love them. Keep them coming. First one has to do with the matchup that's coming up here this Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. And one early MVP candidate, Russell Wilson, has been just throwing the football around and running the football as well, uh, up to 4,000 career rushing yards now early in the season. And he's been fantastic for Seattle, leading them to a 2-0 start. But first question comes from Bronco, 788. And actually, it was also uh, asked by Strike Chris as well. Do you think that having a spy on Russell Wilson this Sunday will help? Is there a possibility that this could help? And Isaiah, if you're back, we're going to start with you here. Yes. Hey, he's back. I think I'm back. Are we good? You're back. Let's go. Um, So that's something I was going to bring up in the last segment, okay, when we started talking about the secondary. Russell Wilson, he he presents a a very unique uh, issue for the Cowboys, right, and and Mike Nolan especially because of his scheme. There really is no win, right? So it really is going to come down to can this defensive line get pressure? If the defensive line cannot get pressure – alone, 
then this secondary is going to suffer. The reason being, if you decide to play man-to-man, you can't match up against these Seattle wide receivers' speed. You just can't, right? DK Metcalf presents a problem. Tyler Lockett presents a problem. Greg Olson presents a problem, right? Even old, old OG, right? So you can't line up man because if you go man-to-man against those guys, you're going to lose with your receivers against the D, uh, your DBs against their receivers, and you're going to have a linebacker trying to spy Russell Wilson. So to answer your question, that's not a good matchup. But then on the other end of that, if they decide to go zone, right? Now you're if this defensive line doesn't get pressure – and they're playing zone, Russell Wilson's going to pick you apart. So the D-line has to show up. Playing uh, Spying Russell Wilson is a good idea if you're getting pressure with your, with your defensive line. I think everyone knows that Bill Belichick is probably the, the single best game manager and preparer of anyone in the National Football League. And last week, he went from a zone, went from playing his traditional man to going zone. And Stephon Gilmore, his his top dog in, in the, in the yeah, second torched. Period, gave up three touchdowns. So what do you do? Do you spy him to spy or not to spy? It's really one of those situations where I agree with Isaiah. Uh, you have to get, you have to generate some type of pressure and get, Russell uncomfortable because what he'll do in that read option is just destroy you. He'll set he's so masterful at setting that up and creating plays with his legs and getting out of the pocket and looking upfield. They just have way too many weapons for us to just relegate one guy uh, to him. We just have to rely on our scheme and just try and do everything that we possibly can to generate those sacks. Yeah, Isaiah convinced me. I don't, th- I don't think you can spy him, at least not all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I was encouraged in the second half just watching it back. You know, the Falcons tried some of that Rams stuff. They tried some of the misdirection and boots and waggles and things like that a little bit. And I thought the Cowboys did a better job, like, up front, staying home on some of that stuff and being disciplined in their rush lanes. And there, But there is no more bigger challenge than Russell Wilson when it comes to being disciplined with your rushes. And, and working in concert there and trying to keep him in the pocket as best you can. Like, there's no bigger challenge in the entire league. So I'm really curious to see how they handle it. Um, and I think what, what I saw down the stretch is encouraging. Uh, but until you see it, I mean, he can beat you so many different ways. He's reached a point in his career, too, where he can just sit back in the pocket, like Isaiah said, and pick you apart, too. So it's, it's, this, is a, this is a pass rush game. I think that's one reason why Mike Nolan was so emphatic yesterday about how they've just got to be better up front together. It's the really the first mobile quarterback that the Cowboys have faced this season. I mean, both Jared Goff and, and Matt Ryan aren't necessarily the, the two quarterbacks that you're going to see take off and run the football quite a bit. But you have some more coming up on the schedule. Not only is Russell Wilson coming up, but you got Baker Mayfield, who's not afraid to run the football. Kyler Murray's coming up in week six. I mean, there's more quarterbacks coming up. I mean, you even look ahead, and you got Lamar Jackson down the line later in the season. So this is really going to be that first. It's going to be that first benchmark of how to handle a mobile quarterback. <laughs> and I know Russell Wilson compared to Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray isn't as mobile. But this is going to be interesting to see how Mike Nolan plans for this and how even with some of the better matchups receivers-wise that Seattle has, it's going to be fun to see how Mike Nolan kind of schemes it up and gets the chess match going there. But I agree with Isaiah. I think it's going to be tough matchup-wise to be able to cover both the receivers and also take up a defender worrying about the run you may have to be bit a couple times first before a switch is made in that regard this question comes from campbell 89 and he asked why not just stick 
with the 4-3 defense so we can get Demarcus Lawrence going. And now, there's been a lot of frustration. I've seen this a couple times throughout some of the comments over the last two days of Demarcus Lawrence. Is it an injury? Is it just performance? But heck, we'll start with you on this one. How do you get D-Law going, and and is it the 4-3 defense that's stifling him? Yeah, and also, man, just going back and watching the tape first half of of D-Law, D-Law played really well against the run. It's just what we're accustomed to seeing from D-Law is just getting those uh, pressures. Also, uh, went back and watched and also saw some commentary on this about D-Law putting his hand in the ground on the bicycle stance. Remember also, DeMarcus Ware had to make that transition as well. He was a guy that had his hand in the ground but then also went to the bicycle stance. I just know that it's a technique uh, thing, and I don't think that Cowboy fans need to panic so early on this. We know who D-Law is. He's a dog, and uh, (laughs) Isaiah, like you said, his check says that he will make those adjustments. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't don't really have nothing to add. I mean, heck heck hit it on the head. I mean, he's he's a pro. You know, he has to make an adjustment. It is a technique deal. Um, When you're talking about making an entire change to a defensive scheme simply because one player hasn't gotten going yet, that's not what you do. You don't don't adjust absolutely everybody. You make that one individual adjust, and he will. Yeah, I I, I don't know if you guys disagree, but I think he's getting too much criticism right now. I I, I mean, that, that first game... Jared Goff didn't let them rush the passer, you know, nope. and, and, and you go back and you look at the stats and, and he had four pressures, which was most on the team. I know they didn't get a lot of pressure, but he that wasn't the Rams plan. They weren't going to let them rush the passer. And then just watching it back yesterday, I thought, like like Heck said, he did a nice job against the run. He was clearly laboring in the third quarter, and that's when he went mm-hmm. out. I mean, he, he was trying limping around trying to get to the ball. I don't think we saw him at 100 percent last week. Uh, and in week one, it was a weird game. So I'm just not there yet. I think when he's 100%, he's still going to be a good player for you. And But they yeah, I, they absolutely need him. I don't know. Two-point stance, like, I, I, you guys are right. Like, it does – it helps you with your eyes to be able to see what's going on in the backfield. But maybe maybe your technique suffers a little bit. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is an adjustment for him. But to me, it's more about just being healthy because he was not moving well in the second half. That's why he didn't play. That's why he saw more Everson Griffin. And, and kind of going off of that, Rob, I think you, you made a great point on the week one game specifically. Nobody had pressure solely based off the fact that uh, the Rams just didn't hold on to the football a whole lot. They, they ran the football with Malcolm Brown. They, they switched it up with Cam Akers. And then there was the short dink and dunk passes, the, the death by needles that we talked about all last week that really tore up the, the Cowboys defense because there was no ability to get pass pressure on the on the Jared Goff and, and really kind of take advantage of it that direction but when it comes to the pass rush in general Rob are you are you concerned about the fact that even in this Atlanta game with uh, an Atlanta offensive line that didn't necessarily come in with the the best ratings the the highest praise the fact that the Cowboys still really struggle to get any kind of pass rush into that fourth quarter well yeah they need they need more for sure uh, I do think you know I thought Atlanta we talked about it last week how or I mentioned how they, they've invested draft picks on that line they've got some talent up front uh, is is the pass rush what, what we need it to be no it's not there yet and and that's one thing we I think was an emphasis for me going into camp where it was like they the the overall talent they've assembled is really good mm. but can you put it all together with a new scheme right off the bat and I don't I don't think they're 
they're there yet. But again, fourth quarter, man, I was encouraged because you saw a couple rushes <clears throat> late. Everson Griffin, Alden Smith, flushing Matt Ryan out of the pocket, throwing the ball away. They hold him to a field goal and a punt. And if you take away those first 20 points, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't put any of that really on the defense. Yeah. It's 19 points after that. And then it's, you know, there was stuff to be desired in the first game. But it's 20 points from the Rams. You're hoping with a 40-burger offense, you, you can win those games, right? So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, the defense isn't there yet. I'm not arguing that. But mm-hmm. there is some good there, and there is some stuff to build on. Um, they just need to be healthy. And they're not healthy, and they're not going to be fully healthy for a while with Van Der Esch out for a while. Yeah. No, man. And, and then we saw a couple of instances where we only rushed three and we dropped back eight. And we, uh, yeah. Mike Nolan had to answer those questions about what are you doing? You're putting your <laughs> defensive ends in coverage. So, I mean, right now there's so much that's under the microscope and, and, and people are trying to discern what exactly our strategy is. But I just feel like the longer this defense goes, the better they're going to get. Because the second half, I just point to the second half and what they were able to do, it wasn't a bend but don't break sort of mentality they got some quality stops and you saw that like you said Rob from the defensive ends I think you're right I think it's I think in this situation with a new scheme it's got they've got to build week to week now gosh you need it this week (laughs) against Seattle right my goodness (laughs) but 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 you try to build week to week and maybe Mike Nolan he talked about this a little bit yesterday they're not doing as much schematically as maybe he wants to you know I think he's still trying to figure out what his guys really do well and what they're comfortable with. And so they're just not, they're not there yet. I think it's just too early to make a, a, a statement on, on what this defense is yet. Yeah, it is a little early, and you talk about two of the better offenses really in the NFL. You're going to face another one coming up this week. But uh, Los Angeles, Atlanta, each have great rosters when it comes to the offensive side of the football, and, and they're still left to be desired, of course, but uh, I think you're, you're also working on it as well. Sticking on the same defensive side of the football, and this is a, a fan question from R.J. Wells' second straight week. R.J.'s been uh, with a fire question. By the way, keep sending him in. We've got, a, we've got a couple more. Uh, we've got a couple more minutes to answer your fan questions so keep them coming here on the Periscope stream and on Twitter but he asked since every other defensive back other than Cheeto Awuzie gets their head around and looks for the ball to make a play even though they uh, aren't necessarily locating the ball do you guys agree that it would be a better team to put or a better time to put Cheeto and Xavier Woods as the two safeties like they had talked about heading into camp then roll with the other guys in a quarter uh, cornerback rotation long question there but basically moving Cheeto to safety sticking with what you got at corner what do you think and, and Rob will start with you well Isaiah's shaking his head what do you, you think no no I mean you don't have a problem at safety Mm-hmm. Right now, I mean, now I I still what? believe I I still I still believe I, no, I agree with him, and I'll get to I, it. I still believe that yeah, I still believe that you should go out there and get that dude that's sitting sitting in his office with his feet kicked up. I don't know why <laughs> Earl hasn't been signed yet because if you want to have a dominant defense, you go add that extra piece. But I I I, I digress. Um, the the problem is that corner. They don't have enough experience at corner right now, and the, and unfortunately, these first two weeks you face some dudes right at receiver. Um, so these rookies, so these younger guys, some of these smaller guys, right? Um, you know, we got Brown, we got Lewis. You know, going back and forth from IR. These guys are smaller dudes, and they're going to be facing somebody like DK Metcalf, who's six four, two twenty five, and runs a four three three. Like, like, what do you do against that, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you you, you don't win against that man to man. So, um, it's it's a matter of these guys 
Sessions continue to get reps. You got to remember, they didn't have preseason to get these reps. This is their quote unquote preseason, but they just can't afford to lose the games and lose these battles. I agree 100%. You know, they're, they've got numbers at safety right now. They're just trying to, I don't know if they're trying to figure out a rotation mm-hmm. or, or what exactly they're doing because Darian Thompson, Daryl Worley, uh, and, and Brandon Carr all got snaps with yep. Xavier Woods uh, on, on Sunday. So I think they've, they're trying to settle that down or figure out what they want to do there. But, yeah, Isaiah's right. At the corner position, I, I feel better about having a healthy Cheeto out there mm-hmm. to try to counteract what you're seeing with some of these opposing receivers they're facing. Yeah, RJ. RJ with the tough question. Uh, <laughs> this, would, this wouldn't be the week to try and have a position move for yeah. uh, Cheeto. And I don't know if there's any week in the, in, on our schedule no. that you plan to do that. But I think w- if I'm just kind of reading in between the lines here for RJ's question, he's just saying that Cheeto isn't getting his head turned around so that he can track the ball and get an interception. <laughs> and there was a couple of plays that you look at. There was a, a fourth down that Cheeto was right there. He just didn't turn turn to, to, to get the ball. So, I mean, all those things will come. One of the things that I know about professional athletes is that their preparation is seamless, and these guys will continue to watch their film to get better. We also have to understand these guys didn't have the the, the two-a-days, the all, all the off-season activities. So, these guys missed. are just... They just rock knocking the rust off. And so, pretty soon, Cheeto will get there. But let's not move him to safety this week. No. <laughs> I don't know if anything drove fans more crazy under the previous defense than not, than playing the ball and not the man yeah. at the at the cornerback position. I feel like it drove fans crazy, and I think they're 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 more playing the ball. It seems like, at least to me, uh, with Diggs and watching watching the guys play back there right now. Yeah, and, and remember that's kind of what the the Chris Richard mindset was last year. Was let's let's play the receiver, not necessarily the ball. It was kind of what they were taught for a couple of years. Now you, you see a little bit of a if shift. I had a dollar in it. for every question I got. Exactly. Oh exactly. And, and luckily, Al Harris. a long time ago. <laughs> you, would, you would get some of them Heckman, them Heckman Harrison uh, off the off the air checks. <laughs> yeah, I have some of that. I have some of that cameo money. <laughs> oh man, it ain't cameo. I'll tell you that much. Now. Uh, going, going off of what Isaiah was just talking about in, in terms of the safeties, haven't necessarily played poorly. Darian Thompson has, has been on and off. He's inconsistent and uh, what is really the best way to put it. But Xavier Woods has been playing quite well, and it's kind of one of those years that we, we expect Xavier Woods to kind of take that, that next step. And that, we're kind of starting to see that. I was kind of curious last night. And I was looking up where actually Jamal Adams was in terms of ranking on safeties and pro football focus grades heading into this week because I was just curious as to where Jamal Adams was. He seems like he's flying to the football. You hear his name every 30 seconds on the TV broadcast. He's 25th, but I also was surprised at who was in the top three. Jordan Poyer leads the way with the highest grade of 87. Then you've got Antoine Winfield Jr., the rookie out of Minnesota in Tampa Bay. He's second. Ah, your boy. Yeah, he was a pet cat of mine. But the third best player in terms of pro football focus grades, Xavier Woods at the safety position through the first two weeks of the season. Put some respect on his name. So he's played well, and it's through 148 snaps. That's the the most snaps out of any of the guys in the top ten. So he's played the most, and he has the best or third best grade out of any of the top ten safeties. Through the first two weeks of the season, a lot can change. But he's played well so far. 
And I think if you get him some help at safety, it could help him out. But I think Darian Thompson's still kind of learning a little bit, and there's still some room for growth there as a guy who's still learning how to be a starter in the NFL. That's going to do it for fans on the 50. Keep sending those questions on Twitter. We'll answer them throughout the day. Things don't stop with talking Cowboys whenever we get off the air. We'll talk to you on Twitter, too. Follow us all. Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll be back with more talking Cowboys when we return after this. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer, where you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses. You can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, the final segment here of our Tuesday show, week three, episode two. Glad you're with us as we roll into Seattle week. Now, tomorrow we'll preview the Seattle offense versus the Cowboys defense. We're talking a lot about that Cowboys defense right now. We'll talk about it again tomorrow and how they specifically match up with the Seattle offense, who has been firing on all cylinders. Then Thursday, We'll go through the Seattle defense and Jamal Adams, of course, making his uh, first Seattle appearance against the Dallas Cowboys. And we'll talk about how they match up with the offense heading into Thursday. And then we'll give our predictions Friday. There's a schedule of the week. Write it down. Pin it up on your board. Put it on your calendar. Get ready for more Talking Cowboys. But heading into this final segment, I wanted to stay positive. And, and of course, we're one and one as the Dallas Cowboys. And you get the win on on. Uh, on Sunday, but there's been a lot of complaining in terms of really some of the different areas of the Cowboys that need to be addressed. Sure. One area that does not need to be addressed because he's been fantastic, he's been unstoppable, he's been outstanding. Ezekiel Elliott is just a man amongst boys when it comes to even the men of the NFL. And if you disagree with that statement, go watch his run on the goal line 
where he just straight mm. up ran over a man. Mm. I mean, this is a guy who gets paid oh, to make tackles in the NFL, no. and Ezekiel Elliott yeah, turned him into a statue. Up. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> – uh, it was a, a hit that was heard around the world. You could hear it shaking from Mercedes-Benz yeah. Stadium in Atlanta. But uh, really overall, Ezekiel Elliott continues to be that workhorse, continues to be the bell cow for the Cowboys offense. And really, Heckma, it opened things up for the Cowboys to be able to have the run that they did in the second half on Sunday. That was the first time I'd ever seen a DB hug himself in the end zone. Man, it was, uh, Wakanda, it was Wakanda forever. <laughs> I think I think I heard him say "mama." I think I <laughs> no, no. Zeke is like you say. Hey, you, you said it, Kyle. A man amongst boys. He is doing so much in this offense. But I think it's the stuff that doesn't make the stat sheet yes. uh, that people should really look at. Last week, man, his help with Brandon Knight, chip blocking, yep. what he's doing in pass protection. He's just doing so many great things that's allowing Dak to get the ball down the field. And not only on those plays where he's a, a decoy, he's a worthy decoy, right? Yep. Because the defense has to account for what he does in the passing game. I just love the way that Kellen Moore is getting him involved, getting him in rhythm. And even with the score being what it was, Zeke still carried the ball 22 times. So there's a lot of times when you get down that big, you just completely abandon the run, and the Cowboys didn't go away from it. But Ezekiel Elliott? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's some great points, heck. No, and and I want to allude to what you stated, that what everybody doesn't see, right? Most people pay attention to simply what shows up on the stat sheet, right? How How many rushing yards did he have? How many touchdowns did he have? But there's so much more to that position, right? There's so much communication between him and the quarterback, him and the offensive line, right? Where the offensive line is sliding their blocking to. Who's the Mike linebacker? What's his assignment? Does he block the front side linebacker if he blitzes? Does he block the backside linebacker? He was doing all those things during the game. He was picking up so many blitzes um, that the pressure that those guys were bringing on the opposing side of the ball. And then when it was his opportunity to run the ball, he came in. That boy was physical. He kept bringing it. He disrespected so many fouls. Them, them dirty birds turned into little baby birds because them boys was getting laid up and rolled up like little tortillas. Uh, I felt so bad for the little dude on the goal line. He just he just, he just caught, rolled up in a little ball and uh, he said, Mama, he was just hoping they snap his fingers and be gone. But he wasn't. He was laying on the floor. Um, but no, he's, he's doing a heck of a job, man. And, you know, he he is the physical side of this of this offense and he has to continue to bring it. They have to continue to give him the rock. And if they continue to follow suit with that, I think they're going to be they're going to be in a good situation going forward with the season. Man, Tony Pollard just eight snaps. I feel mm. for him, but that's part. That's when you when you have a Hall of Famer at running back. That's that's what happens. He, and, you, and you can't fumble. You can't fumble when you come in a game yeah. either. That too. That too. Even though that um, was called back, you, you guys even though right. it was it was overturned, it wasn't a fumble. It doesn't matter. But it, you're right. The president yeah, you can't is put there. it on the ground. Yeah. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, the, the little things Zeke does are make him a top back in the league. But what yeah. we've seen, his explosiveness so far, I think it, it speaks to last year not having training camp. He's not, he wasn't washed up. He didn't lose his explosiveness. I think he needed time as the year went on to get some of that back and get a rhythm with the offensive line, and he did late, later in the season, and you're seeing it from the jump this year. He's still, uh, he looks as good as I've seen him since 2016, to be honest with you. Wow. 
I mean, and that's exciting. And we had kind of talked about it. I think this was a topic on one of our off-season shows where I said, or maybe it was training camp, where I was saying, hey, watch out. I think this is, this is going to be 2016, 2017 Zeke territory. And he does. He looks like that. And he's running like that. Uh, the, the, the yardage hasn't necessarily been there from a ground standpoint. I mean, he's still uh, getting close to 100 yards. He hasn't had a 100-yard game yet. But he's been over 100 yards in terms of yards from scrimmage. Uh, in each of the first two games, 127 week one. I, I believe he had 122 or, or more than that uh, here this past week against Atlanta. But really, he adds that extra element, though, of comfort whenever it comes to play calling, Isaiah. And, and you can look at Ezekiel Elliott and you can say, hey, let's run it with him or let's throw it to him. The screen passes were working throughout the, the second half. That was one of the reasons that Kellen Moore made those adjustments. But what is the biggest part of the game that really he opens up for you as an offensive coordinator? Or just based off of his versatility? Oh, play action. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, yes. it's, it's, pretty, oh. it's, pretty, it's pretty easy. Um, you know, with his ability to tilt the ball the way he does, for him bringing the physicality that he brings, um, him being, you know, obviously cutting some weight and being more explosive now, um, you have to respect that. You cannot just leave six, seven guys in a box. That's not something that you can do, um, especially with this offensive line, even with the tackles gone, right? You still have some guys in there that, that know what they're doing up front, and you have to be able to respect them that they're going to move your defensive line off the ball. So, I mean, with the combination of that O-line, combination of him toting that rock the way he's doing I mean they have to come down in the box which just simply opens it up for your 11 personnel right when you get your boy CD out there he had his first 100 yarder Mm. right you got CD you got Gallup you got Cooper you got some dudes out there right so you can't forget about that when you keep handing him the rock handing him the rock that safety keeps creeping up they keep bringing the defense closer and closer to the line of scrimmage now nice hard play action and you dump that thing over the top big plays all over the place Heck, nailed it, too. They were able to to work in Zeke throughout the second half, even when they were trailing by multiple scores. Kellen Moore, give him credit. They didn't go away from it like maybe they did sometimes last year. And the play action, man, it gave me so much joy to watch Mm -hmm. the second Mm -hmm. half of that game yesterday. Working that play action, good things always seem to happen when they do that. I love it. Hey, hey, Rob, tell the people about – uh, if if Zeke is the leading rusher about that feed me tattoo you're going to get on your stomach. <laughs> oh, is that my bet you made, right? Is that my bet? That's what I heard. I mean, that, heck was the one that told me, but I heard that one. I don't know. Yes. You're going to have to let me in on some of your away yes. from talking Cowboys checks to be able to do that. I don't know. You don't want to know about it. You don't want to know about it. Oh, man. That, I mean, that's there's no better way to end the show than on that one. And here's your friendly daily reminder. And Heckma talking about bets and Isaiah talking about how he had his first 100-yard game. Here's your daily reminder that the NFL let C.D. Lamb slip to, to pick 17 and the Dallas Cowboys have – the best young wide receiver, uh, best rookie wide receiver in football, and that's how I'm going to end talking Cowboys. Just a daily reminder. Let's <laughs> let's have some fun with that because I think he'll have another big game coming up on Sunday because that's just who he is. He's built different whenever it comes with it, and I'm going to say that with my chest as always here on mm. Talking Cowboys. But that's going to do it. Glad you've been with us here over the past 45 minutes. Join us again tomorrow, 9:30. We'll be on our worst behavior like always and continue talking about the Cowboys as the. The defense faces this Seattle offense. That's what we preview tomorrow. Be here for it. Keep subscribing. Keep following. But for now, for Heckma Harrison, for Rob Phillips, and for Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Special thanks to Chris Beam in the back. We'll be back tomorrow here on Talking Cowboys.
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!